0: Happy Tuesday with Tamika! All right, y'all. All All right, y'all. Are y'all ready? Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. It is March sixteenth. OMG! First of all, tomorrow my daughter Amaya will be fifteen years old. Y'all pray for me. Pray for me. (laughs) So we are celebrating the entire month, the podcast's birthday. But tomorrow. I am so blessed to be able to celebrate my, my, mumu, my, my girl, 15th birthday. And I said to pray for me, and it's really more for me, because honestly, you guys, I am beyond blessed. This girl, she, man, go back and listen to the episode where I talked about blended family, and I, I really spoke about her character. She is an amazing, amazing young girl. So Maya, if you listening, mommy loves you. I am proud of you. I, man, you have literally changed my life in ways that when you get older, girl, we gonna be able to sit and, and chat and talk about. So happy birthday to Amaya. I am actually gonna tag her. I want you guys to go on over to her Instagram and give her a shout out. Just tell her happy birthday, Um, I often have people try to steal her and they'd be like, they want her to be their daughter. And I'd be like, Nope, she's mine. She's mine. And you guys know that it's St. Patrick's day. Although that's not a thing that like I necessarily celebrate. I do feel like it's God's like a God wink. I call these things. God winks. I think it's a God wink, how she was born on what, you know, the world considers like a lucky day or, you know, I don't really know the history of St. Patrick's day, but what I do know is the leprechaun and all that stuff. And the they say that it's a lucky day, and she is truly like a charm. She's like a lucky charm to everybody that she's in- encounters. So on over, wish her a happy birthday. As you guys already know, we are celebrating for the entire month of March, the podcast being a year old. First and foremost, I just gratitude, like gratitude. Can, can we just say gratitude? Can I... Literally tell you guys how grateful I am for the crazy amount of success. Not crazy, because it's really God, the God amount of success that the podcast is receiving, that the restored program is receiving, that my speaking engagements are receiving, that my um, products, my books, my services, the the clothing, the everything like, thank you. Thank you guys so, so very much. Um, and I am honored, 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 beyond honored. You guys already know we're doing rewinds for the whole month of March. This is episode 12, where I was blessed, 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 me and P to interview my cousin slash first lady slash mentor slash someone that I truly look, look up to. Her episode is titled Church in the Mental Health. Now, this is an episode, definitely, definitely, definitely. If you have not listened, go back and listen. If you have listened, go back and listen. If you're not taking notes during this episode, get you a pen and paper out and take notes. This was a very, very powerful episode where we gave out strategic, strategic steps on what the church and mental health should be doing. I don't think that it was a surprise that, As we recorded that, I want to say a week later is when we witnessed the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd. And it really took the church community by surprise. But God is so gracious in all that he does. He was able to give us tools beforehand on how to handle the situation. So make sure that you go over and listen to this episode also. I'm not sure if she's taking clients at this time but follow her Instagram page. Lisa is a bona fide amazing amazing therapist. She also does lives on Facebook. Make sure that you are following her over there because she gives some really, really tangible, good tools to help parents during this pandemic working at home with your children women i mean she she's amazing like she does a really good job um. She's certified, she's good to go, and she gets Tuesday with Tamika's stamp of approval. Hey, before we go, remember this episode. First of all, oh, the Blossom Brunch. It was amazing. It was the bomb. It was everything. Thank you guys so much for all the attendees, all the speakers. You guys are out of this world. This episode is sponsored to you by the Restored Facebook group. It is a free Facebook group. You can go over link is in the bio on how to join the Facebook group. It's just for the ladies. We over here getting restored. We're allowing God to bring us back to our former state where we were supposed to be. So ladies join the Facebook group. Also, um, remember, remember to live a life to inspire and not impress. Remember to lift as you climb. Remember to allow God to turn your trials into treasures. And most importantly, keep becoming her. Keep becoming her. healed, elevated and restored. I love you guys. Happy Tuesday with Tamika. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Happy Tuesday with Tamika. Thank you guys so much for joining us for yet another episode of Tuesday with Tamika, where you guys already know what it's about. We lifting while we climbing, We live in a life to inspire and not impress. And we're just out here really in these quarantine streets, or should I say in these quarantine houses, <laughs> trying <laughs> to live our best life, man. Things have been, you know, a little cray cray. My kids is going to be like, mom, please don't say that. But hey, they've been a little cray cray. But we have neglected to think about all the amazing things that have happened this month. We have, we are still celebrating Mental Health Month. We're here at Tuesday, mm-hmm. Tamika. What's our hashtag, P? Therapy works. Go. Yes. Therapy works. Go. So we are components of mental health. So we are still out here being champions for mental health. Not to mention, we have Mother's Day, a very, this this is, that's literally my favorite holiday. However, I had some challenges around Mother's Day this year, and, and maybe we can get into that a little bit later in the show. But Mother's Day came, and then we had Memorial Day and so many good things. And I, I just want to encourage the listening audience. The Tuesday with Tamika crew, we got to come up with, like, a nickname for y'all. We want you guys yes, to email it. us, DM us. Uh, uh, putting your story, some type of name that y'all want to call yourselves, our listening <laughs> crew, the TTs, the Tuesday thing with Tamikas, whatever y'all want to be called. <laughs> let us know. Um, but we, we just want to thank you guys. And we want to remind you that even though we have all had to navigate this thing that we are calling our new normal. And, and at my church, we're talking about rebooting. Like we literally have had to re- Boot our lives. Even though all that is happening, we do not want to forget the things that happen every day, the things that happen every year. We don't want to forget those things. We want it, it is okay for us to still celebrate. It's okay for us to still smile. It's okay for us to still be happy. So, with that, I want to open up with. A quote of the of the um today's podcast, which is actually a scripture, and it's actually one of my favorite scriptures. It's um we're coming from for for those of you for the saints in, in the house. Go ahead, and <laughs> your Bibles to uh, King James Version, uh, Philippians four and six, and the Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing, yes. but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving." Let your requests be known to God. This literally is one of my favorite scriptures as someone that has, you know, I I don't even want to say I've dealt with anxiety because it's something that I live with from time to time. It's something that I navigate through. This has been a scripture that is my go-to scripture. It's been a scripture that I've, I've definitely had to lean on when anxiety tries to creep up in my life. I go to this scripture, um, I go to God, you know, God is definitely here at Tuesday with Tamika, God is our source, but we are talking about a very, oh, I don't even know how to frame this P, but it's, I don't want to say taboo. I don't want to say, uh, you know, we're talking about a very, how about sensitive? Maybe that's a good Mm -hmm. word. A very sensitive topic um, this today. And we're going to be diving in to church and the mental health, because I feel like it's one of those, um, God has been really pushing me to have crucial conversations. So it's conversations that um, we don't necessarily want to have because they're not fun. They're not. Although our guest today, she's lit. She's cool. She, I know she's going to make this episode just bomb or whatever. It's going to be as bomb as she is. But I also know that some of the questions I, I really want the listeners to, as I would tell the kids in my group, to remove the wax from your ears and remove the blinders from your eyes. And I want us to be open to have this conversation. So Pete, as we dive into this topic, what does that scripture mean to you? I'm gonna read it one more time. And I want you just to tell me in your own words as someone also that you have openly talked about your mental health challenges. I want you to tell me what does the scripture mean to you? So it's again, Philippians four and six, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God.
2: Well, that scripture means a lot to me. I actually have it tattooed. That's how much it means to me. (laughs) And um, anxiety is one of those things that can overtake you. But when you are a believer, um, and more specifically a believer who struggles uh, maintaining their mental health, um, you have to know that God is there. God it sees you, he knows. And so when you are in those anxious states, it's it's very comforting for me just to look down and know. Um, and not only that, if I am not going to be real, because this is Tuesday with Tamika. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was a, there was a time in my life that I really wanted to take my life yeah. in the way that I wanted to do it and in the, in the rest that would co- come over me was to just slit my wrist
1: yeah
2: and um so I purposely got that scripture tattooed on my wrist so every time I would look down in a moment of frustration or anxiety or depression I knew that God was with me and that wasn't a choice you know that I needed to make so ever since then that I I I've actually had both uh wrist tattoos one uh, says luminous um, to represents God's light. It's never ending. In the other uh, that scripture, um, and so that scripture means a lot to me. It resonates with me. It lets me know that no matter how dark the rabbit hole that I am in, God is with me, and anything that I ask of Him, He, you know, nothing bad, cause y'all know I'll be asking bad stuff too. I ain't gonna be lying. But, <laughs> but the good stuff that He knows that that is good for me and. Um, that I know is also good for me and um, I know he will, you know, provide. So, yeah. that's means a whole lot to me. Wow, Pete,
1: thank you so, so much for sharing that because I'll never forget, gosh, okay, y'all already know I'm the resident crybaby, so if I start crying, just roll with me. <laughs> um, I never forget, you know, and, and Pete, stop me if you want me to. Uh, we can edit this stuff out, but Yeah, go ahead. There has been there has been so, and and we have. I don't. I don't want to hold our guests, so we're gonna. Hey sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute? Hey sis, you got a minute?
2: Hey sis, you got a minute?
1: Hey sis, you got a minute? minute. Let's go ahead and bring in our guests. we
2: get real early, so go ahead and
3: jump right on Uh, in. Yeah, come
1: on and jump uh, right on in. um, I, I want, before I share that story that I was going to share, I want to bring in our guest because I know that she's going to add so much rich wisdom to this conversation. So we have, so, so you guys already know, in week three, we had our cousin, Natasha Poole. She was dropping times. Yeah, really? yeah. It was a dope, a dope, a dope. Interview this week, we have closing out the month of May. We have another amazing. Not only is she an amazing female, not only is she a boss, not only is she a first lady. Come on, somebody, but she is also (laughs) our cousin.
2: Y'all better know that our family is talented. Y'all better know. You better know. You better better know.
1: I'm telling you, Buddy and Marley, they did something. <laughs> they, they did something. They did something tonight. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
1: so we are going to introduce Miss Lisa Blakes. We yeah. love
3: her. Oh, <laughs> oh. Bum, 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 bum. oh. I love you all too. I love you all.
1: Tell us. Lisa, before I go into the story that I was going to share that P was talking about, her tattoos, tell us a little bit more about you and why did we ask you to grace this Tuesday with Tamika Stage?
3: Well, um, you gave a, a wonderful introduction, so there's no pressure there. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that um, what makes me relative in this day, I never would have known it, but the fact that I was raised in a very strict, um, holiness atmosphere, but I didn't choose it. I went out and I did whatever I wanted to do. And then I found myself back into holiness. And throughout that, I'm able to bridge my experiences with uh, the church and with my secular experiences. And it's so funny that um, very early on, I remember saying that my aunt used to say, she used to say, someone's got to act like they got some sense. And growing up and looking back and just experiencing the things that I've experienced in the church, it all makes sense. So I think that God had a perfect plan. He wanted me to be um, so well-versed and know what's going on in the world, but also to know um, what's going on in the church and what needs to go on in church. So so I'm definitely here for it. I'm excited about this interview. And you all are so transparent. So I'm saying, Lord, please don't let me go too deep. (laughs) because you, you guys <laughs> you guys are bring the deep out of anybody because truth yes. yeah truth recognizes truth and there's comfort in truth transparency recognizes. you know so yes that's beautiful somebody hashtag that please
1: truth recognizes truth and I'm not going to let her just slide on by saying she she's just you know um uh, a first lady, you know, grew up in holiness and this and that. Let me tell you guys, she is a licensed MLT MFT that owns her own business. Come on, somebody, yeah. you know, Talk we're dead folks around here. We're not just bringing anybody to the podcast, okay? <laughs> she is also the first lady, and I want to say what it's been eleven years that you and our wonderful cousin have been yes. pastoring. A Actually,
3: church. it's been uh, I want to say fourteen years. Yeah, we're wow. right at about fourteen years. Yes,
1: fourteen yes. years. She is now. When y'all see this picture, cause y'all gonna y'all know we gonna post her and all that. When y'all see how bomb she is, the mother of Mom, six babies that she birthed herself. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> she comes to us with just a wealth of knowledge and experience. And we we can't wait to get into these interview questions. And one thing I really honor about you, you know, we, we are definitely surrounded by um, people of faith and people, you know, we could have asked anybody to be our guest, but you said it because of your transparency, it, it literally draws us to you and we love you. We love you for keeping it real and keeping it raw like we do here on Tuesday with Tamika.
3: Oh, I love you all, too. I appreciate yes. being a part of today's um, broadcast. Thank you so much. So Podcast. before we jump
1: into these interview questions, and P's going to go ahead and give us the first, but I just want to share. And I honestly, I think I did all that because I was about to get teary eyed. So I had to stop the, the tears from flowing. <laughs> get it, get it. Yes, I had to get it together. But, you know, um, everyone knows not only is, is P my sister, but she's, she's literally one of my best friends. And, um, you know, there have been many of times where I had to, you know, I'm, I'm one of her support people and I've had to be called to the house because she had knives at her wrist. You know, she was, you know, just so many, I mean, we could go on and on, right P with the amount of stories of, uh, your crazy ex-husbands um, <laughs> calling me to Yeah, the,
2: he used I, to put me through. I'm going to put all the blame <laughs> on
1: them, right?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> calling me to the house. And, and I'm, you know, yeah. literally having to wrestle and pray knives out of her hands where it li- she literally was not even herself. And so I'd never yeah. forget when she got the tattoos because we grew up in such a holiness, strict, you know, environment you know, I was like, Oh Lord, you know, the Bible says don't mark your flesh. And, you know, I I went through that, but when she told me the story, as she beautifully stated at the top of the um, introduction, I had no choice, but to say, you know, there's, there's another scripture that says God is merciful for, um, to who he chooses. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he shows mercy on who he, you know, I don't want to mess up the word of God, but basically what that scripture is stating is it that's his business. That's God's business. Yeah. You know, he he there there are some some for show for show for show sins, you know, that we know, you yeah. know, we know right and wrong. But but there's other things that I feel like I don't I don't even want to argue with people about. You know, I'm not gonna say that this girl's gonna go to hell because she has tattoos on her arm when this is something that is literally saving her life. So yeah. We're going to jump into this podcast. It's going to get juicy. And Ali, go get a
2: little. Hit, y'all. Hold on. Gonna, please, in.
1: Come on, strap on in. And Lisa, we want you to give us your truth. You know, we want you to lean into your truth. We want us, you to tell us, you know, your perspective of things. Um, that's one thing we don't even have. We don't invite people on that um, side with us. We, we want to know yeah. the real, right. we want to know, you know, coming from you, the word of God, if you got to hit us over the head with the bot, go ahead. We, we, you know, we got some thick sins. Michael Sims is our daddy. You know who our daddy is. So we know how to handle it. Right. (laughs) So let's go ahead, P. Let's jump into our first question.
2: Yes. So you guys, this is not going to be an easy breezy type of podcast, but I'm going to try to crack a joke every now and then. (laughs) Okay. let's just jump right on into our first question. Um, Here at Tuesday with Tamika, we want to know how has the church helped
3: or hindered the advancement of mental health? I want to start out by reducing the stigma when we say the church, because we have some people that have done good for the church and we have some people within the church that have definitely hindered it. So I don't think there's just like a, a one answer that fits all. So I can kind of uh, try to address it from that perspective. I know that there's been some people, you know, that have yeah. hindered it, and they hinder it based on their experience, based on um, the amount of education they have, based on if um, they're dealing with their stuff and their issues. And those same people, they make up churches, and and let's just let's just keep it real. We're talking about pastors. Yeah, there's a lot of um, peer influence. But I think most of the uh, challenges among the leaders, among the pastors, so Mm. I think that they're in a position to do the most good or the most harm, right? Because they're the loudest voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that we're we're influenced just like in a home, we're influenced by our brothers and sisters, but something happens when our parents are doing and saying things, a much more broader experience over our experiences. So I, I would say yeah. that, um, you know, historically, I think that when we say church, we're talking about people. And then I want to break it down to another denominator. I want to say even minorities. I want to say even yes. African-American people. And um, I think and that's where I, I have that experience of being African-American. So I want to, like, you know, speak from that platform. And I think that the hindering that they've done is that they haven't made it uh, valid. It hasn't been relative and they, they haven't dealt with their own emotions. You know, when you talk about mental health, you talk about emotions, you talk about trauma, you talk about pain. And we know that, um, for most people, if, if you're coming to church, a certain type of church, you know, a, a a fiery field, Pentecostal church, one of our churches, Mm -hmm. um, and the leader happens to be of color, usually the, the leader's not dealing with their emotions so they don't have any reference mm, so that's yeah. that's a hindering point right there because there's no validation yeah there's a lack of validation wow, and you can't good. speak to what you're not dealing with so if they're not dealing with it themselves there's no way that they can authentically validate it and and make it a priority in the church so um i feel like From that perspective, I think that it's been a hindrance, and I think that that's how they've hindered it, and bless those who just don't have the education, but they have a heart to just help people. I think they've helped in that just their genuine kindness, their genuine love for people, Mm -hmm. their genuine want to see people make it, their genuine want to just sit and hear people out, that's been very helpful. So even without the education, I think that you have, um, you know, two sets, just like with like in any, any circumstance, you have different people. So to say the church in general, I don't think I can answer that, but I can say that it's been very harmful because for people who don't, you know, recognize mental health, their own mental health, they have demonized it and they have spiritualized everything and they overlook patterns and they don't make people responsible um, for their choices, and you know it 's just the devil and and the the challenge with making everything the devil y'all is that if it 's the devil, you become yeah. helpless like you don't understand there's you you can 't hold anybody accountable, and then you yourself cannot feel victorious or powerful, so I think in that way, I would say that that's been like one of the hindrances you know when you over spiritualize yeah. and invalidate people 's experiences, wow.
1: Thank you so much. I was, as you were talking, I was going to say, let's break this down, you know, to make it more applicable to us, you know? And so people, yes. you know, the black church, right. you know, and, and we have listeners of all nationalities and we thank them so much for listening, but we can only speak to who we are and what experiences we right. have. Experience. So yeah. I mm-hmm. I appreciate that. There's so much that you said that, man, you know, it, it feels like, Finally, you know, some, finally, somebody is saying this and, you know, just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, we don't, um, we don't, we don't want to make, and we don't want anybody to think that we about to be on here just bashing right. church folks, because yeah. that's not what this is. You know, this is about to bring, we're, we're trying to bring just some truth and, and shed some light on a situation right. that for many years Um, we we didn't know, we did not know, you know, and if we go back historic, every, every interviewer that we've had on this month, we've had to talk about the history of things. So if we look at the history of things, pastors and, you know, doing slavery, black pastors doing slavery. Most of them did not know how to read or write. They were just reciting what they heard master say, you know, so they didn't know how to really dig into the word and learn these things. So not only did they not have like just regular secular, um, uh, education, but they, you know, they had an anointing that came from right. God and they were called to be ministers and they had the heart to do it, but they didn't have the um, background or the education yeah. to really deal with some of these things. So we want, and, and sometimes we just, we do what we right. see. You know, we, mm-hmm. things just repeat themselves. And we're here. Uh, another thing that we really pride ourselves on at Tuesday with Tamika is we're, we're cycle breakers. Right. So if we have to disrupt some soil in order for us to start seeing things in a different light, then that's right. what we don't do. So thank you so much for that. Our our next question is um, and this is this is kind of general, but I wanna if if you can, um, I know you didn't think we was about to have Bible, <laughs> but what does the Bible say? And if you could, if you can give us scripture or just kind of paraphrase, what does the Bible say? If anything, about right, mental
3: health? the Bible has a lot to say about it, and I was so happy because. I'll give you a little background before I tell you what the Bible says, because there was a point when I started my education, I didn't know what the Bible had to say about it. I just felt like the Bible did have something to say about it. And I can remember uh, finding out that that God is the master psychologist and how he deals with the mind and how you know, the scripture says, I would that you prosper, even as your soul prospers. And it talks about the Mm -hmm. renewing of your mind. And it gives us so many examples of people who have been perplexed and who've had, you know, emotions and they weren't demonized. So that that's been a, a wonderful thing. But I think the two that would really Um, Well, then I'll add another one, too, which is one of my favorites. Um, And it's Second Timothy 1 and 7. It says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So he's dealing with the mind and letting us know that he's concerned. God is concerned about what we think and what we feel, you know. So that's that's been something that has been encouraging me. And I continue to comb through the scriptures and find like nuggets that just just jump out and they just express there's so many people that had even even the lord himself you know like we think about the cross we think about gethsemane and you know it's it is you know uh something that we talk about a lot but i think we skip over like key details we know that he wept when lazarus died so Mm. we give people permission to take that scripture but when it's talking about the cross it said my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death wow yeah Mm -hmm. now if that's not feeling like just like the death the loss the emptiness and see in the church we're not comfortable sometimes people are not um taught i would say in some settings that it's okay to have your faith and to have your emotions it's like you have to give up one to have the other whereas the 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 scriptures are constantly it talks about jonah 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 four and three talks about now the scripture says, "Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live." Folks, we're going through. Wow! You know,
2: yeah, and, and, yeah.
3: and yeah, people,
1: people don't realize in the scripture there is actual like surprise. right, like in the Bible, the Bible talks about people that you know, had uh, what assisted suicides, regular suicide, people that right. had thoughts of suicide. David, my brother, David, I feel like every other day he was didn't know whether he was right. coming or going, you know, because of all of his, you know, just mental right. anguish that he had, you know, was right. dealing with. And again, like you said, we over spiritualize right. everything. And Paul, you know, Paul talks about there. I was reading Acts. God has really had me um, studying Acts recently. And Paul was, you know, talking to the people he was preaching and, and doing his thing, being the, the great apostle that he is. But yet he had such a. Uh, he, like this confusion because he remembered what he did before he right. came to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that started to make me think about today's Christians, those of us right. that, you know, we're renewed and the Bible tells us to transform our mm-hmm. mind daily. So if it tells us to do that daily, it's because he knows that we're going to have those thoughts that, you know, stinking as the world causes stinking thinking and negative mm-hmm. self-talk and all that stuff. We're so we have to transform our mind. right right
3: and can i say this too um you just have to have an ear to hear even like in our churches maybe you know i i began to listen to what people were saying and you know look at their lives and really hear what they were saying because sometimes people will say things like i just want to go home you know i'm just you know i just want to go be with the lord and sometimes sometimes mm. that may be a spiritual mm-hmm. comment or um expression but sometimes people that's their way out you know sometimes that can be but it's covertly you know not recognized so we just people say things and we don't recognize what they're saying unless you have an ear to hear and you know their circumstances and their situation it's it's relative mental health in the church is definitely relative wow that's good that that is really
2: good because you often do hear or even, even tones of, oh, one great day, we're going to be in heaven, even though right now it, it totally sucks. And I like take my <laughs> life. But one one great day, you know, because I've, I've heard that so many times. And it's like, you're living on, and I'm living right. for that, who's not living for that one great day? Everybody right. Nobody wants a great day. But the fact that you have nothing up until then, you have no hope up until then, like you're only, like you're not living, you're existing up until then i think that like you know we can't always just be focused on that great day we got to be focused on the great days that we are gifted here right, on this earth as right, well right yeah um but that that um, turns into our next question so where does the balance lie between the spiritual versus the you know just the natural nature versus nurture that everybody has to deal with the way they were raised the family that they were raised in um, so that nature versus nurture component versus that spiritual. So where does the balance lie between them both? And knowing where that balance is, how should the church go about helping their me- members
3: who are suffering? Right. You have to look mm. at the whole person. You know, we talk a lot about holistic uh, living. And I think, like we mentioned before, people are focused on what they uh, some people in the church. You have to catch myself as well. Sometimes if it's for which you see is if all you see is spirituality, then you're not looking at what's going on in the everyday lives. What type of upbringing people have you, you demonize and you uh, want to put Satan in it where you don't know someone's upbringing. So you have to kind of get to know that we're all born in sin. We've all got dysfunction. When I say all, I mean, from the pulpit to the door to the parking lot to around the corner, we've all been through something. And I think that's understanding the sin factor and really understanding what that factor Mm -hmm. did to us. It changed our literal nature. It changed our our cognition. It changed our brain. It offset our thinking. You know, we got another mind initially. We didn't have a mind that we had to renew. And so it takes looking at the natural components like... For example, when I see my clients, um, I went on um, like their eating habits. I want to know um, if right. they got you know uh, probiotics. I want to know about their gut health because that's directly you know connected to uh, anxiety and different things. I want to know if they have diabetes. I want to know like all these things, knowing that there is a whole human being that has to be dealt with you know, and, and I don't care how much you yeah. pray, you can pray the prayer of faith, but just like our pastor has been saying, there's just some natural things. There's just natural laws. There's natural, yeah. there's natural laws. And so I, I would look at the body and the health and how you're, you know, what you're eating, uh, what, what, what has transpired throughout your family lineage. You guys brought up something, uh, significant about, um, anxiety. Like I manage anxiety as well. And that's like the natural side of it. I got it from my mother. You know, I could have, I could have got it right. in a household that was chaotic, or I could have got it in birth. And those are things that we need to be able to, um, be able to separate and know that it's just not the spirit of fear, you know, the spirit of torment. Right. No, it's just the way your body has been conditioned. It's your temperament. It's the way you process. Yeah, it's the way you by. process stimuli, information. It's just how you've been hardwired. It can happen, you know, with, while you're in your mother's womb. And so, to demonize that, it just, yeah. it just, it's just not fair and it's not right. And so, you have to understand that you're you're dealing with more than just a spirit being. And I think that's where the enemy has capitalized because we don't know where, you know, how to meet the needs of all aspects of it, right? And and to know that yeah, some of these generational yeah. um patterns like of uh, like sadness, you handle sadness a certain way. Maybe that's how your family handled it. Some of these, these are patterns of you know, how you handle grief or how you handle like moods or all of these things. You have to look at the nature of it, the environment of what which you were raised, and just not, you know, take the um, the passive least resistance, which is just to demonize it or say it's spiritual. So I think that, yeah, I think it's looking at,
1: man. Yeah, that man, I, you know, as you were talking, I just was thinking, um, growing up in, in church in a holiness Pentecostal, which I love, I love my foundation. I know we be making jokes and cracking, a lot, cracking mm-hmm. jokes, but I love it. I absolutely would not change it right. for anything um, because it is in, in my opinion and my belief and my truth tells me it is the right. way, the truth and the light. But I just remember as a very young girl um, going to revivals and going to, you know, I remember I I used to get told that I had the spirit of rebellion (laughs) because um, I would see things and, um I would be like, no, like, that's not right. Like, you know, I would see Mm -hmm. them trying to like cast out, quote unquote, demons out of people. And I would be like, okay, this person talks to themselves. There's something else going on. Like this person has, you know, and as a kid, I didn't know what it was because I didn't have the educational Mm -hmm. background that I have now. But even as a child, I used to be like sitting up in church, like, and I would, ask questions and I would question everything. And I, and I remember them telling me like just to basically shut up because I had a rebellious spirit. So for years, and even to this day, you know, that's something because, cause we can put mm-hmm. stuff on people, right? We yeah. can definitely put thoughts and, 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 uh, labels on people that stick. So even to this mm-hmm. day, when I, um, I have this, which I'm learning to let go. I was listening to Sarah, um, Sarah Jake's, um, Uh, podcast earlier this week, and she was talking about how her husband helped her realize how defensive she was. And when she said that, it really sparked something in my, and I had to like really go into prayer and ask God, because I'm that way, you know, somebody asked me something, I'm always ready to like, defend my, you know, why I'm thinking this way, or why, you know, I, I feel like I have to and you know, uh, answer a question, and it it reminded me all the way back in church where, and even you know, in our home where I would, I was always the kid, like why, 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 and being told that I had a spirit of rebellion, and and as P was saying. I believe all of our goal, all of our wish is to hear well done thy good and faithful servant, mm-hmm. right? So if I if my whole life if I've heard that I have this rebellious spirit, I'm thinking I'm not going to go to heaven. So I got to figure mm-hmm. this out. And it it just I know now, you know, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know now that even then, as a kid, God gave me insight that other people didn't have. And it's for such a time as this, you know, it's for me to Uh help the people that I help. It's for us to have these platforms for us to talk about this stuff. And it doesn't scare me where some people would be like, oh, we're not going to talk about that. But um, I kind of veered to the left. I (laughs) to get that out of my spirit. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I, I want to ask you what, what significance or, or what do you feel like, because you are married to a pastor and he he's an amazing, amazing pastor. And I know that um, alongside his um, theology degree, he actually has some um, secular degrees, which is, is kind of what drew me to the church because I was just like, wow, they're walking what they talk. One of my, one of my many sayings that I say is allow your, um. The shoe, the tongue in your shoe and the tongue in your mouth to be going right. in the same direction. And that's what I love about you guys. Like you guys, everything, what you guys are walking, what you talk, you know, and you guys are believing it. Um, but what for those, and this is not no shade or not, you know, I just want to know your honest opinion. For pastors that maybe don't have that mental health background or those degrees, do you feel like they should be conducting, you um, counseling sessions, therapy sessions
3: with their members? I think uh, that, um, I think it depends, you know, in general, um, that's hard for me to answer. It depends on, um, it depends on the type of, uh, pastor you have and it it depends on how much he's going Mm -hmm. to do. Like you said, counseling and therapy, like definitely I would say counseling to an extent because that's more directive. And that is more like the Bible talks about in the multitude of counselors, their safety. And then when you talk about therapy, that's usually something mm-hmm. traumatic, that's usually something that's long term. And then you have to think um, is that the best use of the pastor's time? Um, he could be a part of the collaborative mm-hmm. process where, because he is responsible. And now I don't believe that. Um, You should leave your pastor out of the loop. If you don't trust your pastor enough to bring in the spiritual component and to just be a part of your healing process, then you might not need to go to that church particularly. But um, if it's counseling, um, I would say that they can counsel to the point of referral, depending on their, um, their, their, their personality, their abilities. Are they patient? Are they kind? Uh, Are they reflective listeners? Are they val? Are there some, are they some? you you know are they invested in um and you and your success or you know what 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 angle are they coming from but i would definitely say depending on the trauma yeah. and depending on the amount of time i think it's okay like i don't think the pastor has to do everything but i think he should be able to be a part of it and we can't um negate the fact that the bible said that if if is sick among us, let us call for the elders of the church and we know we that historically, yeah. like even Jesus walked up on a, a demon that was causing cutting, that was causing isolation, that was causing issues, and he rebuked that thing real good, right? So we don't want to mm-hmm. uh, castrate, yeah. and we don't want to make the the uh, men and women feel intimidated, but just to to walk in wisdom and to know, to counsel to the point of referral, But we do have instances where, you know, it is everything. There's nothing new under the sun and we know that they're equipped to heal, but maybe they just don't, you know, it's not always God's plan to do a a speedy healing, right? Some, and the, 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 um, purpose of counseling and therapy is to teach people how to manage themselves after this crisis, because another crisis is coming. So that's a work in and of itself. It's Mm -hmm. not like a healing line where you just want to go in and booyah, you're healed but you want to be able to process what God that you can take that same information and help someone else. So you don't want to shortchange your healing. Although we would really want to microwave a healing and sometimes pastors don't have time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, historically they're busy or they're, you know, working two jobs. So maybe they can be a part of it, but for what needs to be done when you say therapy, and that's not even for the prayer line to me, in my opinion, because you could get direction, but, Mm That therapy allows you to sit down in somebody's presence and you begin to reflect and you begin to uh, almost become with the tools of your therapist, become a self healer. And you begin to walk through the corridors of your pain and you begin to narrate and change it with the help of the Lord. And so if you just want to go and just put all the responsibility on the pastor, then you're going to keep putting the responsibility on the the pastor in the prayer line. So that's the beauty of a pastor saying No this is for you. You, you, you can, you'll be okay. Go sit and, you know, go process.
1: Yeah. Go get yeah. the skills,
3: go do the work, you know, in mm-hmm. the words of, you I'm like go do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's no intimidation because we know that they can pray, you know, fire from heaven. So it's not about that. It's not about ego. It's just about what's expedient. But sometimes in our churches, Mm -hmm. because of our ethnicity that we talked about, sometimes pastors want to feel like God and they want to feel like everything has to go through them. And some pastors, you know, everything has to pass their desk and they have to have their signature on it. And so that's going to be very difficult for those who, who, you know, will benefit from going to sit and talk to someone. You need to be validated all your life, especially if you grew up in an African-American home. You're probably told to be seen and not heard. And so you haven't even got to validate mm-hmm. your own story. So it's so important. Yeah. That's such a part of uh, spirituality and healing.
2: Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really good. So Lisa, how
3: have you balanced church and well, mental health in your own life? Oh yeah. No. <laughs> no, that's a real, that's a real thing. Because when I started out, um, you know, I was t- like Job said, um, I was talking about what I heard. But then at this point in my life, I'm talking about what I've seen. And I, and I appreciate that about God. Uh. Um, like I said, I do manage anxiety. I'll start with that. And I didn't know it was anxiety. I just thought I had a lot of energy. I just thought I talked really fast. I just thought that if someone told me something, my, I would, my tummy would bubble and I just thought everybody's stomach did that. Right. So I didn't know until I lost the Mm -hmm. job and then, um, I was just staying up all night. I was, you know, ruminating excessively worried and, you know, and then it just, it got worse where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, you know, I was just worried. And like I said, it it just became apparent to me that this was that, this is that. Right. And so then, um, I had to use the tools that, um, I, you know, like you always say to make eat your own cooking. You know, so, no, that's real. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because I had to begin to, you yeah. know, do my breathing exercises. I had to begin to do um, my walks and my meditation and mindfulness and grounding, and I had to do all of those things. And but I want to tell you that to me, in my experience, those are staples. But what really regulated and got my mind right was the Word of God. Because I, I had to tell myself, Amen. You know, there's only so much I could do because if I could work all these skills, then those skills would be, and God would be left out of the equation. So I'm not a, afraid to, you know, consolidate or collaborate the, the different types of healing. So I did just that. And I would give myself scriptures. I said, listen, he gives his beloved sleep, right? Right. And then I begin to reframe yeah. my anxiety um, that I manage. And I just, I think it's a gift because sometimes you, you, you just, you know, can I say this? You just talking from the dome. I know that's old school. And you run in scriptures, yeah. you, know, you run in them <laughs> scriptures. Yeah. But that, that, that anxiety reminds you that you need to trust him more. So that's how I look at yeah. it. I totally reframe it because some people begrudge it. And if you're anxious about being anxious, then that makes anxiety worse. Or if you're sad about being sad, that makes sadness worse. Yeah. So I begin to embrace it as my little signal to trust him more. A- and I manage it and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I just, you know, I got a sleep hygiene out of this world, you know, I, hey.
2: <laughs> I'm not afraid to say
3: I've got, you know, oils. I've got you name it. I've got eucalyptus sprays. I've mm. got lavender. I've got the spray. I've got the oils. I got what I got candles, whatever I need to do with the word of God. I'm not ashamed to use that. I, I do my part. I love and then I, it. Right. And then I, I cut caffeine when I Man. need to. If I got my own caffeine, I'm yes. like, this. Okay, you don't need no caffeine. You good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I remember I can't, I can't pinpoint the day or the time, but I remember we were in church and you, you were, I believe it was Sunday school and you were talking about so often. Um, and and I, I think it was about mental health. There could have been about something else. And you were saying, we right. feel like it has to be this or that, right. but why can't it be both? Why can't we yeah. have our essential oils and our, I got uh, one of those things. I put the oil and it lights and wow. the, the the, the, the Yeah, I have that, you know, because I have after running around all day and and feeling like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. Sometimes I don't, my mind is just racing and I've learned, okay, I could pray. I put on Psalms so I could have Psalms in my ear while I'm asleep, but then I can also have the smell good going on. Like it doesn't have to be either or it could be both. And it doesn't mean that you're practicing witchcraft or that you're doing anything wild, right? It's, You can have both. Thank you so much. Say it a little (laughs) bit louder for the people in the back. You can't have both. (laughs) Yes. Man. Okay. So I want to get a little bit transparent. And I want you to, you know, one of the questions we like to ask is what would people um, if you could share like a, a personal story or something that people would be surprised, but for you as a first lady, and I know that that is a heavy, heavy ma- mantle to carry. Um, what do you wish people knew about that mantle, or like something like that? You, ju- what do you wish people knew? Like if you could be like, honey, and, and this wasn't <laughs> going to be on air. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay I <laughs> well i love the people so but i would say my aunt's saying somebody gotta act like they got some sense and uh so i'm around a lot of situations yeah. that are senseless and you got to have a lot of patience and um one of the things i wanted to share i i didn't have um Initially, I didn't know, like, what I would share, or how much I would share about my position as a first lady. But um, I think the mantle that is challenging for me is that I have to handle, I have to walk this thing out. I have to model this walk of love, this walk of truth in front of my kids. And, and mm. you know, our pastor's been talking about bring it home, take it home. And there are so many church kids that are messed up. Because they have seen yeah. so much, heard so much, experienced so much that they don't want to have anything to do with the house of God. And if they do want to have something to do with the house of God, it's just religious exercise. And so with that pressure, because wow. like, I'm being perfected as well. And I, I have a temper and I am violent. Like people don't know that about me. Like I'm being perfected mm-hmm. and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm being helped. <laughs> so you know as much love mm-hmm. as i have i can also uh, you know how they say i just flip the, shri- I just flip the switch. Nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i just flipped so, the switch <laughs> yep. right, flip right. The yeah i just flip so right <laughs> and, and right it's hard because i want my kids i want to be able to pass something down to my kids so i don't even get passed to the public as much because i'm worried i'm god delivered me from people and, I, and I'm so serious. I'm mm. so delivered from people. And, and so now for me, it's like this mantle is how do I shield my kids? And I can't. I just have to trust God and be a good model yeah. for them. How do I teach them how to love people that hurt their parents? How do I teach them how to love people that abuse their parents? Mm. How do I not take the hurt and turn it into their bitterness? You know what I mean? How do I represent yeah. this, this and be truthful and not over spiritualize things and to say this does hurt, but I'm choosing this, although I feel like maybe choosing this or that, you know? But giving them giving them the the real, yeah. the balance of it all, you know, and and just because that's my that's my soft spot and my weakness, like all mothers, is your children. So just the the amount of time we have mm-hmm. given to the ministry that they've left out you know, they've lost out and they, you know, they, they talk about it, like they've had to share us. So if, it, it's hard sometimes that you give, you give, you give when you're called and you know this as well, Tamika, like when you're, you're called to the, to the, to the yeah. nation and to, to be a healer, you know, juggling that time with helping people and helping your family, your immediate family, that becomes difficult. And it has to be a work from God, because, you know, only he could keep you in the schedule. I mean, I've missed the mark. I've I've done too much for people and it's backfired. People have hurt me, but in the midst of it, I still have to remember that what I'm doing is for, you do it as unto the Lord. You don't do it for claps. You got to have tough skin because the same people Mm. you hurt, I mean, help, they usually hurt you the most, you know, and you got to be able to still show God's love yeah. It's just not a glamorous day where the women wear these pretty old hats and, you know, they just the first ladies fly. No, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And it's a lot of evasion of privacy, yeah. like cutting the lines. If you don't let people in, then they feel like you have a clique in your family. It's just it, it gets difficult. You know, it gets it gets hard. You, you have to give a lot of yourself wow. a lot. Yeah.
1: I could imagine. And I know we have one more question, but I just want to say this is on my heart. And I know that your kids, my little cousins, I know that they probably tell you this often, but you you definitely there's a grace about you um, that I'm sure they are like so honored to call you and Shannon mom and dad because you guys yeah. definitely carry the mantle <laughs> Like no one I've ever seen, like you guys model it well. So I want to say for them, if you know, thank you. Thank you for that. Because I I know that they probably do share it with you. I'm sure they they fuss and they tell you what the day they don't like, but I know that they're There is, I've I've sat and you know, because I'm I'm very observant, and while we've been in church, I've watched your girls watch you, and it just it it really like touches me, you know, it brings tears to my eyes because then they are able to be that type of mother to their kids and to their husbands. Like I see how they watch you when you be because she listen, she (laughs) bigs up her husband, she be the loudest in the church, (laughs) she 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 is his biggest cheerleader and I love it. And I I watch your girls watch you Um, and even your son. Like I watch the interaction and I just, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. And I love how you protect that. You know, um, people feel like they gotta be, all up in your space. But I, like I always tell my kids, our home is our sanctuary. So Mm -hmm. we, you know, yes, we go to the house of God and we praise God. And that's, that's one sanctuary, but our home is our first sanctuary. So we, the way we treat each other here matters the way, you know, we interact here matters. And so I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for being that example um, to, to people that our potential uh, first ladies, or people that are just wives that are watching you—you you know, there—I always say that never give up because right. you, know, you don't know who you're inspiring. So you know, you have definitely inspired me to be a oh, better mother, a better wife. You so got me. You. I'm
3: the second crybaby on this show because I. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, that leads us into our
2: last question, and this whole time of our lives has definitely been a time that is different. I mean, we thought things like this were things of the past, you know, like we didn't think we would be in a pandemic, people would be dying around us. So,
3: how do you think um the church will need to change or will Wow, change I'm I'm pandemic? not going to say I have all the answers because I don't really feel like anyone does. Um I could speculate on a piece mm. of it. I think we're all getting pieces of this and if somebody gets up and say I've got the plan, they're lying. They're not keeping it real because at this point, (laughs) you know, faith needs an opponent. And I think we all have an opponent right now, and it's called COVID. And so we're all having to walk in our faith. Mm -hmm. And I would just say that on what the church has to do, it has to uh, dial back and think about what's really important. And I think that's what everyone is doing on a universal level in the church or out. What's important? What are we going to get rid of? What are we going to focus on? I think we're resetting back to our relationship with God and how fragile life is and how we ought to love each other and how we need to be supportive and be, you know, and, and, and really be people minded and togetherness. I think that's what it's going to be, but all that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, promotions and titles and that's where the birds anyways don't, you know, I'm sorry. I respect the Bishop. I respect that my husband's being elevated. But I'm also, you know, I'm a realist. You know, I'm I gotta be saved first. Those titles, you know, people are gonna lose their little salvation over these little titles. And I mean it I don't not disrespectfully, but it's <laughs> right. about it's about your relationship with God. It's not about, you know, elevating. It's not about you know all of those things that it's been about, but it's about like I think we're getting back down to yeah. uh, re- we we're, we're rebooting and we're getting back down to what really matters, which is our relationship with God and our families and one another and our community. And I think that it's going to force us to be, you know, cut yeah. all the extra out and just get to the let the main thing be the main thing. Mm, yeah.
1: Uh, very us uh, getting back to what matters and and the basics of everything so wow this has been such a informative and just rich conversation i i again you know i thank you i thank you for your truth i thank you for standing in your truth um, the next section of our podcast is listener letters. And if you have like five or 10 more minutes, we would love if you would join us for that section. Yes. Okay. I'd perfect. All right. Perfect. So this listener awesome. letter, I know it's something that you have um and I would say that you're an expertise in this as well um, as I am. So I definitely want to get your opinion. And Pee, we want you to chime in on this too. So we had a listener. And before I forget, if you have any questions, advice you want us to answer on air, remember, we keep everything anonymous. We don't tell all your business. Well, we tell your business, but we don't tell your name that is attached to your business. So, so you are safe here. We give you a pseudo name. You are anonymous. So all you have to do us at Tuesday with Tamika at gmail.com that's Tuesday with Tamika at gmail.com and we will answer your question here on the podcast whether it's just me and P and all our craziness or if we have an, an amazing um, expert and an amazing person that can help us dive into your question we would love 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 to hear from you so th- this letter we're going to yes. give um, this this we're going to call her um, Bina. I don't know where that came from, but Bina is her name today. All right. (laughs) So Bina is, she is, has recently started dating this gentleman and this gentleman has two kids with his ex-wife. So her question is, so every time Uh the, the kids come to their, you know, to spend time with them, the mom expects the dad to do all the disciplining. So Bina's going into this uh, blended family situation, her and this guy, they're looking to get married, they're looking to pursue a relationship, but she's frustrated because every time the kids come back with them, the mom says things like, well, you do the disciplining because I don't, you know, the mom kind of wants to be the good guy in the situation. So she expects the dad to discipline the children for stuff that happened at her house. Right. And so when the kids are at home with with him and her, they're fine. They don't have the same discipline issues. They have a good schedule. The kids don't um, disrespect them. They don't have those issues. But while they're with mom, they cut up. Mm. What advice would you give uh, Bina in this situation?
3: righty. Am I going first or P? you going to take that. OK, I'll take you are it. going first. All right. Yes. Um I think that we have to remember that while you're dating, you're just gathering data. Mm. And a lot of it is getting information and deciding if that's something you can uh, long term deal with, because this is a pre-existing situation. And so the best thing to do is discuss it with him. But yet it's uncharted territory because it's something that they have to establish and you have to be willing to or not to um, join in and be a part of. But to make demands, I think that sets things up to be um, more difficult, you know, the blend to be more difficult. And it has to be mm-hmm. something where he has to decide because he's the one implementing or not the discipline. So I would definitely yeah. say that it just gives her opportunity to, to look at the dynamics and to discuss it with him. And if he's okay with it, then she has to decide if she's okay with it.
1: Mm, that's good. Pete, did you want to add to that? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I don't have any children, and so I don't know how much weight my words can say. I know I've been a product of a two-parent home that they didn't agree on discipline issues, and I am a teacher to lots and lots of children whose parents do not agree on discipline issues. And at the end of the day, all it hurts. Right. It either yeah. hurts or gives the children too much power. So um, you guys... I I can't give advice on how to figure that out because that is, (laughs) is it's above my pay grade. But uh, but all I can say is if it's not figured out, it's not going to be the best option for the children. Unfortunately, when parents split, you can't have the same thing that you had when you were together. You have to establish your own thing. You have to respect each other as they establish their own thing. And as long as it is what's best for the children, that is what needs to be focused on now is you know uh-huh. old girl needs some parenting classes or something you know she gotta do what she's she a, she a single mom I don't know what happened in the relationship or whatever but bad things happen and you cannot expect anybody to live right. life yeah that work for you but you I'm <laughs> oh, just the Lord.
1: Definitely- he just going to pray your friends and have her libations on the
2: side. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have libations kid my libations in my
1: kids' free home. Yeah, Praise the Lord. To all of that beautiful, beautiful knowledge and wisdom that was given, I would just echo what we have been hearing all around the world. And and that is creating a new normal. I think sometimes when we have these situations where the relationship doesn't work out for whatever reason, we think that things, you know, so often in the black home or in in homes period is wait till your daddy get home, right? Right. Wait till your daddy get home. And so we expect the father to be doing the discipline. So it sounds like the ex-wife, still is living under that. And, and Bina, it's not your responsibility to create the new normal. I definitely want to release you of that responsibility. Um, as Lisa was saying, um, you are taking data. So you need to be really paying attention, sis. You need to really be paying attention because these things don't go away overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that you guys are really going to have to work through and you have to be willing to know, is this something that you can handle? Because if, if baby mama is tripping and if she yeah. you know what however you may want to look at it her and that man are going to have a relationship until those babies forever people say until they're 18 but it's forever right as long forever. as forever yes. yeah they're
2: going to be grandparents together. as long as
1: he continues they're, to be in know, his children's life and she continues this to be in end. her children's life the relationship is going to be there so you're going to have to figure out how you fit in. And and as you guys are not married right now, um, although it sounds like you guys are working to that, you have to realize if this is what you want. You know, um, I was teaching my 10 year old daughter. um, I had a suitcase. This was literally this week and I got a suitcase and I loaded full of all this stuff. And then I told her to carry it. And she looked at me like, for what? And I said, no, Mm -hmm. you carry it. And she said, but that's not fair. It's your stuff. And I said, exactly. We don't allow people to put their baggage Mm -hmm. on us. Now, I'm not telling you to break up with the brother, but I'm just telling you to really, really see if this is, because it's baggage. Let's call a thing a thing, right? So this is something that you're going to have to deal with. And is this something that you truly want to live, you know, to live with? And, And you need to encourage your man. You need to help him to make those decisions, but it's not your, your decisions to make. All you can do is maybe make suggestions, but it's not about how you would do it because I'm telling you, it always turns out to be, well, Bina said and Bina did and then you're going to be beefing with old girl. You don't need none of those problems. Right. So mm-hmm. I would just encourage you to talk yeah. to your man and tell him that he's going to have to create structure. That's, that's a good word, right? He's going to have to create structure for how mm-hmm. they're going to, co-parent effectively and to where it's not going to also intrude or affect your relationship. Although there will be some, some bleed into, and it's going to affect your relationship, but for it to be, um, least strenuous on you, but most importantly, like P said, those babies, because they're the ones that truly matter and they're the most impressionable. So, Bina, I May hope that that helps if you need more um, information or if you want to go dive deeper into this conversation, email us again at TuesdayWithTamika at gmail.com. If there's anybody else out there that just has something going on with their life, maybe it's mental health, you know, maybe these topics that we talked on, maybe you're someone that grew up in a, a really strict uh, Christian home where you've had. Um, bouts of depression or bouts of anxiety, and you've tried to go to your pastor, you've tried to go to the um uh, the sisterhood meetings, uh-huh. you try you know you tried to go and really articulate yourself, but you felt like you didn't know where to go. We have a wealth of resources here with Tuesday with Tamika that we can refer you to different mental health agencies. Um, check our past episodes. We talk about safe place. We talk about um the therapy, the talking therapy. You know yeah. that um the telehealth. We've talked we've talked about several um different places, but. One thing that we, we love, love, love is to live while we climb. So our community spotlight.
2: It's us, the community.
1: Bum, bum, yeah. bum, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's our favorite, favorite segment of the show. And P, who you think we going to highlight today? Yes.
2: Well, hmm, I could guess. Maybe I could guess a person. She fine as
1: wine, piece. got sixteen kids. They call her First Lady. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as you see on the podcast. She might be you on like,
2: the podcast yes, right, right now. With
1: Tuesday with Tamika, <laughs> so as much as you would like to share, it is totally <laughs> up to you. You know, we definitely I know that you have an amazing practice. And it, 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 whether you want to invite people to the church or you want to invite people to your practice, or if you want to do both, it doesn't have to be either or, it could be both. Give us, tell the people how they can get in contact with you, how we can learn more about all the amazing things that you're doing out in the community. All righty.
3: Um, I'm currently doing telehealth because of the, um, the quarantine. But I am located at 23945 Sunny Meat Boulevard in the city of Merino Valley, suite number five. Um, my number is 951-345-8698. And you can give me a call if you have questions, if you just um want to know about my our church our address or our service time or even if you have questions about mental health and yes i do integrate um, theology and psychology so it's an integrated approach i'm just not i'm going to be dealing with your mind but i'm going to be dealing with spiritual aspects as well and i would love to hear from you all i would love yes to hear from you thank all. you
1: that's, that's awesome we we will um, definitely you guys don't worry you don't have to push rewind we're going to put all of that information in the show notes. So you will be able to get in contact with her. Remember you guys can DM us. You could email us and we will always get that information out to you on, on, on Lisa or any of our past guests that may be sparked an interest, but today is all about her and her practice. So we just, you know, we, we honor you. Yeah. we Thank you. We appreciate you taking out this time, this hour or so to be with us and just really share your heart, I can tell that, um, this is something that's real to you. This is not something that you're just, you know, sometimes, and I- I'm gonna just say it, you know, I've been in the company of first ladies and you could tell that they don't want to be a part of none of that. <laughs> I've also been in <laughs> the company of therapists and I'm like, yeah. why in the heck did you choose this position? Because it don't seem like they want to do that. So you yeah. are doing both of them just so gracefully with so much. Um, ethics and so like it, it's just beautiful it's a really a beautiful thing to watch so we thank you yeah. um, we honor you for uh tell tell shannon thank you for allowing us to
3: uh, <laughs> we'll do <laughs> to borrow we'll you do. time
1: you. um and it before we let you go p I, I would love for you you know i like to push you so i would love for you to close out this episode but before uh, p closes out the episode Lisa, tell what's one piece of advice, one, p- one piece of like a mo- motivation, something that you would like to leave our listeners? Oh, wow.
3: I have a, um, a head full of thoughts and you want one of those <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Hmm. I would say self-care and self-care is more than just getting your nails done. But self-care is getting to a place where you are are comfortable getting to uh, Mm -hmm. visit the recesses of your past, of your mind, of your fears, and just showing up for you. Because if you show up for you, then that's going to impact the way you show up for other people. Yeah.
2: Show Mm -hmm. up. Just show up for you.
1: Yes. Hashtag self-care. Show up for yourself. Pete, take us on out of here.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Like, I really enjoyed just how eloquently Lisa spoke about the different dynamics and reminding us that a lot of the times we blame the quote unquote, the church, this imaginary being. But really, it's just individualized people that we may have had bad experiences with. I mean, everybody loves Chick Fil A, and Chick Fil A. There's wonderful people; they're <laughs> godsend, right? But sometimes they might be a mean person that you might come. Have, they have everybody have a bad day, so you can't just stop going to Chick Fil A because they're chicken good. So, anyway, um, so I hopefully we keep that. It, we are mindful of that in our hearts. That at, at times there are. I know for myself, I I could speak to loads and loads of experiences where I felt like I could never get better. That church wasn't the place of fulfillment for me, but then I have also had lots and lots of experiences where I could get better because of church and because of the people there. So find what it feels good for you. I hope that this podcast and this episode enriched your walk with Christ and brought you closer and helped you realize that just because you are a person who struggles right. with their mental illness, you're not this filth, demonic, throwaway type person to be helped you are still the son and daughter of Christ and that you can mend your faith and the struggles that you have with your uh, mental illness. And uh, mm-hmm. if you don't believe me, just look at me. Like everybody pee- pee here on Tuesday with Tamika, I'm cracking jokes, and, you know, I'm <laughs> one inappropriate thing after another. But in reality, I've been through some things. There's a lot of things I've had to overcome. There's a lot of things I'm still overcoming. As I'm the bright, shiny star, sunshine and rainbow, kindergarten teacher. As I'm the comedic value on Tuesday with Tamita. You know, there's always that uh, mental illness, that thing that you have to overcome. So know that we stand with you. We're not these perfect people who got our lives, you know, all put together. Um, But we stand with you and we know. So if you... If you need help, if you're going through and you need someone to talk to, someone who believes in God, someone who can pray with you, but also give you a resource for true healing and a holistic view, definitely contact us. I love you guys so much, and thank you for spending this episode oh, with us. Oh, I love
3: my, my, my so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, move on. What, what's the next thing?
1: It's like watching a rose blood, but she going to kick my butt. So let me just shut up by saying we love you guys so much. Lisa, thank you. Thank you so much. Pete, thank you so much. Thank you guys for tuning in week after week. Like, it it blows my mind, the amount of support that we're getting. But I know it's because of what Lisa said. Hashtag truth recognizes truth. We love you guys. We miss you guys until next Tuesday. Bye-bye.